Hi guys! Hello. Welcome to Ed Arlene's Spirit Cast. If you're new to this podcast, we talk about all things related to mindfulness, magic, astrology, tarot, Reiki, meditation, anything in that realm. So we have on today. We have the amazing Thomas Moon Eagle. So Thomas is a shamanic practitioner, intuitive reader, artist, healer, Mesa carrier. He's also a teacher and an author. Um, in addition, he's trained as an Usui Reiki master, a Sifu of Southern Chinese Tai Chi, ordained as a minister in the Order of Melchizedek, and initiated as a fourth level Andean priest. That means he's a badass. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, also, he's extremely knowledgeable on, um, like, you know, topics such as runes, which we're going to talk about today, and, like, magic. He is so, <laughs> like, magical. <laughs> As you can see, he's he is involved in so many different modalities and teachings. He's extremely knowledgeable about so many different aspects of magic. It is crazy. This man has lived a very interesting life. And I don't know if he even realizes it. I know. Like, like he's uh, just straight up magical. Magical. Like people you need to go to, go to Thomas Mendigal. I'm telling you, like uh, if you're looking for a teacher, like this guy is we highly recommend. We do. He also teaches um he has workshops occasionally. He does. His website will have all of that. Yeah. We'll have that link down below. Well, he's been on the podcast before, so if you're um, just tuning in, we can link his uh, previous episodes. And they, um, all, as usual, are always fantastic. And, um, you know, he's like, like I don't know, He's we just think he's amazing. <laughs> I can't, like, express it at all. If you can't tell, we love him. Yeah. Like... <laughs> we do. But seriously, check out Tom Eagle. His website is linked down below. And check out his shop and read more about him. Yeah, I mean, well, he does do his he has workshops on, you know, so many different things. He has, like, shamanic journeying. Um, he teaches stuff like um, communicating with, like, spirit, Quantum physics. Um, psychic protection. Various things. <laughs> literally, yeah. like... The list goes on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, and we're really excited. Today we're really going to focus on um, his book that I really, really enjoy. Like, we've had him on before and we talk about it, but we never really, like, go in depth. Because he does so much, so we always get, like, sidetracked. But his book is so cool. Like, I couldn't put it down. I read it. Oh, my gosh. I just blew through it. I loved it so much. Highly recommend it. We talk about the book a lot, too, on the podcast. And I think we've linked it on multiple episodes because of what's in it. So, um, a quick reference to what happens with the book is that uh, Thomas basically does shamanic journeying to the lower world to meet the spirits of each individual rune. And then um, in the beginning chapters, he'll, like, teach you about um, shamanic journeying and there's some stuff about magic and things like that so that if you would like, you can actually do the journeys with him, uh, which is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So before we get into it, do you want to tell them where they can find us at? So you can follow us over on Twitter at edpro underscore pgh. We tweet a lot. You can follow us on Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest. Um, Facebook, TikTok, at Etta Arlene. Um, you can also go to our YouTube channel where we post Reiki-infused videos almost every single day and sign up to get that. Subscribe. And then you can go to our website, EttaArlene.com, to sign up to get a free Reiki healing every single month. Yeah. Does yeah. anything? Um, no, that's it. And, I mean, that was one of the subjects of Reiki. <clears throat> As usual, at the end of the episode, we have a um, little bit of Reiki for you guys. So if you want that, you just keep listening till the end. And... If you want a private session with us, we have that on our website. Um, we also have um, these like a monthly like package where we send you Reiki every Sunday at eight o'clock, and you can sign up for that 
on our website. I'll link down below. Um, anything it's awesome. else? Yeah, I mean, we have our candles as usual. That's like on our website. Yeah, we have our candles. Um, we have our energy infused candles. Yeah, it's on our website. Um, we have a our oracle deck. We didn't mention that. Link down below. We'll link down below. If you listen to the podcast, we've been talking about this for a long time. We ha- created an oracle deck. It's for any skill set, any level that you're at. So go check that out as well. And we also have a awesome book that you can purchase that goes along with it, or it can be a standalone journey. Yeah. All right. You ready to get into it? I'm ready. Okay, guys. This is an ad. We believe in supporting small business, and today we're talking about the small business called Garage Cats. They make 100% organic, handmade lip balm using hemp and cocoa butter. It smells amazing, it lasts for a very long time, they use eco-friendly paper tubes, they're pretty much awesome. If you are interested in supporting this business, you can find the link below or go to garagecats.etsy.com. We just want to take a quick moment to invite everyone listening to check out our shop at edarlene.com. If you like what we do, it is one of the easiest ways to support us. Plus, you will get our awesome handcrafted 100% vegan soy candles, our prints, books, oracle cards, and book a Reiki session. All this can be found at edarlene.com and linked in the show notes. All right, we're back, guys, and we have Thomas on the show again. If you haven't listened to his previous episodes, we'll link those down below, and we'll also link his book. Today, we're really excited to have him on to really go in-depth about his book. So we've mentioned it in actually multiple episodes, I think. A lot. Yeah. We reference this book a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We reference you a lot. Yeah, we do. Let's just start there. We we, we probably mention your name at least every episode or every other episode because you're such a wealth of knowledge. I know. So, um, yeah, do you want to tell our listeners, um, just kind of introduce them to your book in particular? Because it took a year for you to write it, correct? Oh no! It took like two years. Almost. Two years. Um, I I spent a year doing the journeys, the shamanic journeys for the books to all the uh, for the book for all the runes, and then probably another couple months to write, and then another couple months to revise, and then get it out there and published. And then I spent like a month or two where I didn't sleep because I kept fiddling with the ebook because I couldn't get the format right. Finally figured that part out. Uh, and then to get the print version ready had its own, you know, um, set of challenges. So yeah, from start to finish, probably about two years uh, wow. to do that. Wow. Okay. And so in um, Thomas's book, he basically travels each of the rune spirits. I mean, that must have taken time to do to go through each one of them. I mean, that thing is really amazing. I really enjoyed um, that part. Of yeah. Book, you know? Just reading, like, like it was like, you know, each one had such a different like, energy little, behind yeah, it. Yeah, like a yeah. little story behind Like, oh, what's going to happen when he meets this rune? Or what's going to happen? Yeah. With this? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's how I felt. <laughs> it was, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be quite the quite the way it turns out I mean and a couple of them were so surprising that I was just like oh wow you know I couldn't have made that up um and for me the interesting thing about going to each one as a journey you know sometimes you can sometimes I'll do several journeys in a day and 
then I would do that, I would know that that journey, the rune journey, had to be the last one of the day. Because if I did that one first, that would be the only journey I would do that day. Because they were really intense uh, and really powerful. And I had to absorb that. And um, so that was what was really interesting. Uh, and then the idea, you know, this is an old idea that words have power. You know, this is nothing new. But... The fact that letter, individual letters could have power and as much power as words was just amazing. We might have people who aren't familiar with runes. Could you explain what runes are for some of our listeners? Sure. And the runes that we're talking about are the Elder Futhark, because there's a couple of, you know, there's Anglo-Saxon runes, um, there's Germanic runes, there's, you know, so there's a couple different versions. But, you know, the one I'm using is the Elder Futhark. It's the ones that the Vikings used. Um, you know, there's a couple stones in North America that, you know, show that the Vikings came here along before Columbus and, you know, they put up these little stones that they'd carved runes in at, as markers. Uh, but that is, you know, the written form and the idea of, you know, this, the phrase to cast a spell comes out of the idea that, you know, they would literally spell they wanted out with the letter with the runes and by casting when you cast runes they would cast like a series of sticks in a circle and they would see which rune shapes appeared in that so all this you know so there's stuff that's just like inner like idiomatic expressions that comes down from that so there's a lot of that influence uh, on, on kind of i would say the sort of the magical cultures this idea of spell work uh, all, you know, just, you know, we're spelling it out, just uh, mm. that basic of a level. But these are come from the Norse tradition, but you don't have to be of that tradition to make use of them because the forms that they're in appear in nature. So like the branches of trees will often have some of the, <laughs> the rune shapes in them. You'll just see them in the landscape, see them in the fractures in a rock or the way something falls in the ground. The shape of a hill even could be could be one. It just depends. I um, was going to ask you about that. Like, there's a part in your book where you talk about being in nature and seeing the runes in nature, and it's almost like the natural world is talking to you. I don't know. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't pay attention more. <laughs> like, you know, like outside, like in my backyard. Yeah. Um, there's like this tree that was in like a really strange shape. And my fiance kept saying, there's something about it. There's something about it. And I like want to go out and see if it is like what, sh- yeah. yeah, like what shape is it in? Like, is it in the shape of a rune that is saying something to us, you know? Well, the outside world's always speaking to us. Yeah. Yeah. Nature. So how do people like use runes now? Um, I mean, the most popular way that they've been used is for divination, you know, just drawing a rune from a set. That's been the main way that people, you know, they use them for readings. Um, Other people will, like, make talismans and charms with carving uh, different runes on them. And uh, one of the reasons they're shaped the way that they are, they were carved on things. They were carved in wood, they were engraved in metal. And so that's why they have this, there's no curves in them because it's really hard to carve a curve in, mm-hmm. into, into a piece of wood. So it's all up and down or angles. Uh, and that's because of the nature of, you know, what materials they were using for this, which is wood and metal and stone. In your book, you talk about shamanism, as well as like some magic and the law of karma. But 
I want to talk about shamanism because it's important for the journeys that you're, you know, you take with the runes. Yeah. And you go to the lower world, correct? I, I do. Okay. Like, what are the three worlds and what is the difference between them? So, and again, this varies from culture to culture because the Norse, you know, even though we think of them as sort of like the same as a lot of the other um, pre uh, Christian religions. Um, they had a shamanic culture as well, and the runes were part of that. And they had like the Yggdrasil, the world tree, and they had the different realms, they had the nine realms, of which, you know, we live in Midgard. In general core shamanism, which is sort of like, well, let's take what's similar amongst all cultures and shamanic you know, beliefs and, you know, distill that into one thing. They talk about three worlds or three realms that there could be. The way I look at it is there's three levels, and each level has certain traits about it. In the lower world, you have like the spirits of plants, animals, places, stones. I also thought because the rune spirits appear in nature, the runes themselves, the forms appear in nature, that's where I went to look for them. I could have gone to the upper world if I was working with deity forms and tried to, you know, work with Odin, but I don't have a relationship with Odin. And my power animal said, no, you haven't met him. He's not for you, you know, kind of that kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, you know, if you read some of the stories, it's like, yeah, not my kind of deity. That's okay. Sorry for those Odin fans out there. But, you know, if he's for you, great. You go, go to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the same that he is as he is in Marvel, though. So I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> He's kind of mean in uh, Marvel, though, a little bit. Ever so slightly. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's a bit of temperamental with his son, but you know, in yeah. Thor in the first movie, at least, he's kind of uh, a brat. So I mean, you can blame <laughs> now you're gonna piss off the Thor fans. <laughs> I said in the first movie, I'm not talking about the actual Thor. I don't know the actual Thor. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, I went to the lower world. I'm actually really comfortable in the lower world, which is another reason I went there. You know, people tend to favor one world when they learn to journey over others. I'm, I'm good at the, I'm really good at the lower world. I'm fairly good at the upper world. Middle world, I'm like, eh, so-so. So, you know, if I can get something in the lower world or the upper world, that's where I'm going to go. But lower world is think if you could think of like the natural world, plants, animals, stones, um, places, bodies of water, you know, the natural elements uh, of the world. And then you've got in the upper world, you've got things like ancestors that have, you know, passed on or ascended. You've got angelic beings, deity forms, teacher guides, you know, you know, star spirits, all that sort of, you know, what we think if we look up. Uh, and the middle world is a blend of different things. You know, we inhabit one of the middle worlds. So, you know, they would call it Midgard. We just call it Earth. And, you know, another middle world that's very well known is the world of fairy, you know, that features in a lot of myths. Now, the interesting thing about the middle world, which sets it apart from either the lower world or the upper world, is that you can lie in the middle world or the middle worlds. So this is the place where we have to learn discernment. So that's also why if I want to learn stuff, I want to go either to the lower world or to the upper world, because whatever I learn there is not is going to be truthful. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I won't have to parse through it as much. On your journey experiences, how does the information come in? Is it coming with visual and like auditory or is it like, is it clairsentient? Like what's the experience yeah. What's like? the experience like? It's, um, 
it's visual, but it's also I'm I'm listening for words in my head as well, particularly when I'm I'm asking for answers or you know define this. Uh, but one of the things I had to learn to do was to pay really close attention to the setting and notice it because generally when I'm on a journey, I'm I'm heading for some place and. I'm wanting to get to see someone or something and do something. And I'm not paying so much attention to like the setting or what we pass through or what does it look like as much. Now I had to train myself to notice those things because I was like, I'm writing a book here and <laughs> people are going to want to know what this was like. Yeah. How did this look? How did this feel? Um, what did I notice along the way? And sometimes those details can actually be important to um, the journey itself. So I had to open my focus a bit. Is it like different for everybody? Yeah, some people don't get any visual at all. They just have a sense of knowing, they hear. There's a uh, pretty well-known shamanic practitioner, Sandy, Sandra Ingerman. I think she talked about in one of her books how that she doesn't see. Uh, it's like all black when she goes, uh, or at least it was for a time. And I, I, my one of my, and that's one of my teachers' teachers. And she's had a period of time where she didn't get any visuals. So a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to have this, you know, vivid psychedelic lights and patterns and everything kind of journey. And you might not. You might just get information. You might have a sense of being someplace else. You might have a sense of presence with something. Uh, a lot of my journeys, when I check in with guides and all, I, I basically, I, I might touch foreheads with them and kind of move into them and just sort of sync up with them, sort of like, you know, here, merge with me for a bit, uh, see where I'm at, you know, absorb what you need, and that way we're in alignment, because a lot of times they exist outside of the time frame that we exist in, so they need us to anchor them in this mm -hmm. in, in the right now. And you talk about finding your power animal in the mm -hmm. Like, how does that, how does that process work and how important is it that you have this, you know, power animal with you, like guiding you through that lower world? It's real important because you want somebody who is watchful, uh, who can watch, you know, these are, these are other worlds and not everything in other worlds are friendly <laughs> yeah, or helpful. You know, just because you can't lie doesn't mean that you can't omit something, mm. um, or you, you can't say something in a way that is true, but omits enough of the details that, you know, gets you into trouble. I've had journeys before where I've had a, a spirit say, here, step into my cauldron, which I'm like, um, should I do this? Mm. And, and my parent was like, no. My own guard went up, but because of the, I was in a, a training exercise at, at a workshop and I was like, huh? they said to go out and go beyond. And I'm like, I'm pretty beyond here, but I don't know that I should do what she says. And, uh, you know, I, and so my, I was like, my parent was like, uh, no. I said, I was like, I don't want to offend her either. He's like, yeah, you don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> he's like, you can sit, you can sit with her. You can sit with her around her thing. And I was like, okay, we'll do that. I said, no, thank you, but I'll sit here. And, um, I don't know if you remember in like the chapter on Thurisaz where, um, that spirit kept offering me something, kept offering me tea. And my parent was like shaking his, like, 
Don't do it. <laughs> Stay woke. Don't provoke. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. You know, like, I mean, and I, I would love to clarify that I loved Thurisaws. I really, really liked their presence. Um, I, I identify with them quite strongly. I also know that anytime I've used that rune, it has had severe blowback uh, as far as karmic. Uh, stuff goes um, that it's sort of like yeah it'll work and it'll work well but it, it will exact a price and it's usually a hefty one so I'm like do I really want to do this <laughs> yeah. yeah interesting so everybody's power animal is going to be different and you said you go to the higher world so when you're in the higher world do you have a different guide or because the one that takes me up to the upper world actually has wings, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that might but, be handy, you know. But that's not necessary. There are other ways to get up to the upper realm if you don't have wings. So it's not necessary. You know, the the worlds are linked. There are there are passages between them. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't have have wings to to get up there. It's just really convenient. And I, I work on different things with different animals like the one that takes me up to the upper world i also if i'm going to do dream work that's also the the power animal i'm going to work with okay okay awesome now i want to um talk about like because you touched on karma and you have cha a chapter that talks about like magic and the law of karma um oh, yeah. and said, uh briefly yeah you have a warning to the reader like you kind of have, like a warning can you talk to us about that? Yeah. Especially, I mean, we were just discussing previously before the podcast, kind of like, why is everyone hexing everyone? <laughs> but um, we were. That will die out eventually because as soon as, you know, the repercussions come back, it'll, you know, it's the law of diminishing return there. You keep putting it out, you're going to have less and less to, to do, you know, less and less energy over time. That chapter specifically because I was talking not just about you know their meanings but energetically sometimes how to use them I felt I needed to put that chapter in there to talk because you know some people they get so into their head about how right they are and how they've been wronged that they will throw energy around without thinking and I'm I'm here to tell you if you're going to do that you will pay a price for it and it will usually be one that you would not want to pay and I have seen this in action both myself when I was younger and stupid uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but also observing a lot of what other people did and watching it like backfire in a major way you know I talk about love magic in there and like casting spells to make someone love you that is not that's not something that I ever did but I know somebody who did that and when I say you know you can just wait for the sirens to come that's not an exaggeration that is just yeah uh, that's deadly but you know the other thing to note, and I don't think I put this in, this is something that uh, my shamanic teacher, one of my shamanic teachers says, you know, when you curse somebody, it takes your power and you never get that power back. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. See? Yeah. Yeah. We had to cover this. So, Someone yeah. needs to hear that. Seriously. It, you don't get it back. So even if that curse gets unraveled, that person that you curse gets their power back. Mm. But the universe says, no, sorry, dude, you can't handle that. So this will just hold on to this. 
Oh, wow. So like even so if you did like, let's say return to sender like that energy you're sending back. How does that work? Um, now, here's where when it gets into self defense, it gets a little crickety. I, tr you know, I because I had a period of time at a year, a couple, just a few years ago, where somebody was sending my way real bad. And it was, I tried just unraveling it, just tried just cleaning it up. And it, you know, it was just becoming a full-time job mm -hmm. and very tiring. And I finally got tired of it. So, and I was, it was actually affecting me physically. I was in, a, I was in a, some physical pain. I tried everything I could think of without flinging anything back. And I was like, okay, I'm tired. This has got to stop. And so I, t you know, I used one of the runes in the book. I was the one that looks like the little boomerang one that the, it gets reversible. So it looks the same either way you, you draw it, you know. And I scribed that on a black candle, oiled it up, lit it up, and just went, boom, you know, send it back. Because yeah. this is not my energy, right? And within five minutes, the pain in my body stopped. Wow. Wow. And I was okay. And I was like, I really would have preferred not having to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't feel bad about that either because it's sort of like, you know, this is ridiculous. This is somebody's ego um, being butthurt over something. And it was something stupid, too. Uh, so I was just like, this is, this is not okay. Yeah. Uh, and I've tried every nice way to stop this. Mm. Wow. Well, sometimes you have to do the, the yeah, yeah the big guns to nip it in the butt. It is. And that's the whole thing is like, I tried to do the least, the least, uh, I guess, forceful way of doing it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to keep stepping it up and I was like, okay, some people only understand force. Now, I didn't add anything to it. I just, you know, that room just flings it back. It's a boomerang, right? You know? It's like, hey, what you're aiming at me, this is yours. Yeah, just um, this is a mirror. Yeah, if you, if you start flinging blessings my way, guess what? You get blessings right back at you, too. So eventually they stopped because it became uh, unsustainable on their end. Again, not the first tactic I would recommend, but... Good to know. <laughs> yeah, the defense magic is important, especially if you're practicing. But it's just shocking. We were talking about before we recorded yeah. about the TikToks and all these people on the internet who are just willy-nilly throwing around energy, throwing around yeah. curses and like love spells, for example. Like I don't know how many times I'll be scrolling through TikTok and see people just like you can will this person to love you. Yeah. Okay, but at what cost? Yeah. Like, if you, like, whoever's listening to this, if you feel like you have to do love spells to attain somebody or keep somebody, you might want to reconsider that relationship. Yeah, because even if it works, I mean, at one point you're going to go like, do they really love me or is exactly. this a spell? Uh, yeah. yeah that and for some people, they might not care, but I'm not one of those people. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, like, Let's say you're successful, however unlikely that may be. Uh, and uh, there's reasons for this. I say, wow, that's, uh, that's unlikely. Say they fall in love with you. They're totally into you. You're happy for a little while. And then you're like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And try getting rid of somebody. Like, like, try getting rid of something that you've called in can be challenging sometimes. 
it's mm-hmm. like, oops, I got to deal with the consequence. The price may be actually having to deal with that relationship and the amped up emotions that you've called in um, using energy, which is why, like I said, you might, the siren call is you're going to hear the cops come. Oh, wow. um, I've literally known somebody who they didn't go full on this, but they tried to make somebody like them and they got, they and this other person and a friend got drunk and shots were fired. And then they like that person that they had put their influence on stabbed somebody like 11 times trying to get to them. Ooh. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's why that chapter is in there about warnings. I'm like, really examine. And you know, before, a lot of times when I'm thinking of, oh, I've got a great idea to do something. A lot of times I will go and journey on it to check in with either my power animal or my upper world teacher and say like, have this idea to do this. What do you think? And sometimes they'll give me the thumbs up and sometimes they'll say, that's a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know about that. I can consult the team people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's a really bad idea. Cause that. you know, impulse magic, um, it can be really great and really powerful cause you're in it in the moment, but it can also like really be bad if you, if you, if you're not really centered and grounded and, I, w- I would say this, if you're going to do something energetically, imagine, and it involves another person, one of the first questions you would ask is, how would you feel if someone else was doing this to you without your consent? Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you have a pause, then it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> oh, man. Well, maybe this will just save some people from doing something silly. Yeah. For my mistakes and the other mistakes that I've observed. <laughs> don't do it don't do it Work, yeah. focus on yourself and your yeah. journey yeah. stop trying to hurt people <laughs> yeah i would say this if you're really hurting for love um there are love there are ways to do love spells that are healthy and that's you know building up like you know, your best qualities like let my you know a spell that show that shines your best qualities forward um and that would you know attract a person that is good for you and that you're good for you're like you know so sort of as easy as like putting together stuff and putting together energy and giving it handing it off to your guides and say hook me up with something that's going to make this better together kind of thing and that's yeah you know that's not imposing on anybody's will it's like hey bring us together mm-hmm. and you know help help the initial like meeting or let myself see what I've got to offer, you know, and let other people see what I have to offer. That's not impinging on anybody's will. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, like drawing out, like you said, like your better qualities and making yourself more like aligning with somebody that would appreciate those aspects, you know, that you, like how do I align myself with the right person, that type of stuff. This can um, go anywhere in life, yeah, not just love. Yeah, just yeah like, I mean, yeah, here's the thing, you, I mean, magically you can make yourself more attractive. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that because what's going to happen, people will be attracted to you and they'll stop and get to know you and either they'll stay or they won't. You're just, you're just creating an opportunity. You're not, you know, you're not like saying only me will be attractive to you. You're just saying like, I'm going to be attractive. And I have literally done this before where I'm like, boom, you know, glamour, right? Yeah. Bring out, bring out the inner beauty, which is my form of glamour. 
And it's sort of like, wow, what are these people talking? It's, all these people are talking to me all of a sudden. What's what? What's up with that? And I get really uncomfortable, and I turn it off. Never <laughs> <laughs> like, mind. Nope. I thought I wanted this. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Oh, this is too much attention. No. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I thought that was like an important chapter in the book. I kind of went off track. No, that's okay. I went off track. <laughs> yeah. I, I just like felt like it. I had to say it. The funny thing about that chapter is that it keeps getting echoed throughout the whole book. Like different rune spirits were like, be careful. Yeah, <laughs> and with caution. You know, you have to. Yeah. Like... <laughs> hey, what was funny is like, I just went, you know, because I wrote it and then I kind of, you know, went my way and did my stuff. And, and um, I didn't think too much about it, but, you know, there were several rune spirits that appeared and non-gender specific. Uh, did you ca did you happen to click key in on that? That there were some ones that were like completely non-binary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally missed that at the time. But and then there were some that you know, like I was. I think it was. No, it was Jarrah. I'm sorry. Different, different room. Different room. I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. It was Jarrah that when I met him, I think he was male, but he can also be. I should say, they can also be female, depending on which time in the cycle you meet them. Oh, that's right. Yes, that one. I do remember that one. I got a little highlight. Yeah, she, she has tons of uh, tabs. <laughs> I just loved it. I, you know, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, um, truly. I think I like tabs. Okay, I've got a question for you. Which, do you, do you use any of the runes from the, that you've read about, like any of the uses in there? Um, here, let me see. There was one I had, or I have a couple tabs. I haven't used them, um, but one kept showing up when we were writing. Well, I'm um, definitely going to be integrating yeah. these into some of the candle magic I do. That's for certain. For certain. Sorry, I have it highlighted because I, I was like, this one keeps coming up, and I don't know the runes the way you do. <laughs> yeah. I am such a novice. Um, when I say like ground level learning, that's where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But, you know, your book made me want to um, journey very much. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. See, I did years ago when I was just, like, kind of learning every, like, I don't know, like, finding my spirituality, what path I wanted to take, that type of thing. I did do, like, a journey before, but I didn't know, like, I didn't, I just kind of winged it. And then I'm, like, you know, read so much more and grown. And then, like, I'm, like, I need to revisit that, like, how you kind of show us in the book how to do it. And I actually picked up another girl's book. Um, her name is, it's actually, it's called Journey Between the Worlds, Eagle Skyfire. Skyfire. Have you heard of her at all? I don't know. I've seen her book a lot. And she breaks down how to journey as well. It kind of had me dead set on doing it. Even maybe one day following your book, you know, going to the, because you suggest that to, to do it along uh, with you in the book. Yeah, it's, it's set up like a workbook almost. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. one of the, the key things about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've actually taught a couple workshops on it, you know, using it like that. I mean, obviously, I didn't have time to go through every single room. It would take too long. But, you know, just giving people a taste by doing a few um, and, you know, adding a couple other things. Like in my workshop, I, I had people make, I, I got these little wood chips, these little circular wood chips that you can get from like craft store places and um, I had and Sharpie with the fine points and I had people make their own room set for the day. Uh, oh, that's fun. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, take these home and you can wood burn them or you can like incise them with an X-Acto or something and, mm -hmm. and I'll make them more authentic. And I said, but 
you know, and I thought, I, I can get a wood burner in here, and we could, I was like, nope, no, I do not want to deal with people having little burns or setting anything on fire <laughs> in a workshop. Like, well, what about an exacto? I was like, I don't want to have to have first aid. I was just like, yeah, let's make it simple. Yeah. It's like for the day, Sharpie, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> make it simple. I said it could be a hobby for me. You can make runes. I can make cool stuff. I found the name of the one that I was seeing. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Anzus. Anzus. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. I um, always forget to use it, and it's so useful. Yeah. In fact, I'll use it right now. Hold on. <laughs> there now our words will travel. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I have that one highlight because I kept seeing that one. Like, it just was everywhere. Dorna. Well, earlier we did Bibblomancy with your book too uh-huh. to try to diagnose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people do that with that one. I, my, my teacher does that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I love that you, like, um, how can it be used magically and how to be careful when you use this because my, the words will carry, they'll be heard. Mm -hmm. So yeah, (laughs) watch your words. Yeah. I'm definitely down now. (laughs) Yeah. No, we should have mentioned I earlier it was runes. a workbook. Yeah, we should have. Because that was like a huge part of it. Like mm-hmm. I love when people do stuff like that. Make yeah. their books have more than just one go through. Like you can travel with you with mm-hmm. it. Or do what you need. I do Bibblemancy a lot with this. And mm-hmm. I tell them exactly what I need. Yeah. Um, and I love when that happens. The mm-hmm. synchronicities. But okay, back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the way it's structured is really awesome. You know, you start off kind of like... Yeah, you're giving us a history and you're telling us about like runes and everything. And then we go into like, you go in depth about like shamanism. You kind of teach us how to do it all in a way. Like you're kind of walking us through it. But you also suggest that we expand on what is in your book as well. Like if you like it, you know, dig deeper, like, you know, get more, you know, find more people involved or read more about it, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the things from teaching the workshops, um, was, you know, I was like, oh, man, I wish I had put this in the book as an alternate for some folks uh, because people come to my workshop, they don't know how to journey, and I'm like, um, I can give you a quick five-minute tutorial on this, but really, if this is, if you can't get it, and, but sometimes, you know, that's an all-day workshop for most people beginning mm-hmm. journeying. Um, but some people can, you know, grasp it and go with it. I'm like, so I've had to come up with some alternative ways of people getting to the rune spirits. Okay. Uh, and I wouldn't have known this because, I, you know, because I didn't think ahead, you know, thinking, oh, of course, anyone who comes to my workshop will have a, obviously know how to journey. Of course, mm-hmm. right? No. Um, <laughs> that's, not how that, that's not how the world works. No, yeah. Um, yeah. But what I came up with was draw in their mind drawing a door and then drawing the rune that they're going to see on that do- on the on the door and then opening it and going there. And that's another like that's a quick way for some folks um, to do that. And it works. You know, it's another way of doing it. I, I prefer the journey because like I said, I was seeing things on the way. I was noticing different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like the experience of having for me anyways like I would like to have my power like find my power animal you know like to have that experience in itself and then go into the runes and just take my time and see what you know just what happens instead of like you know there's no rush or anything like that and there's a ton of resources in your book in the back 
um, for anyone who wants to expand their knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this book's great because you can be at any level and still learn mm-hmm. something from it. Yeah. So you can be completely novice like us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when it comes like to and still be able to um, do do it, mm-hmm. do it all. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it, you know, you did say in the book that this is just your experience with the runes. And, yeah. Ex- and, um, you know, like, it's not the definitive, like, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just how it came to you, right? Yeah. And that's very important because, you know, Runes are symbols, and symbols mean different things to different people. If you think of, like, you know, even something as, you know, someone draws a little crescent moon, that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, They can draw a pentacle, and again, mean a lot of different things, depending on who you are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Earlier, you talked about, like, spelling and how, you know, the runes are letters. Mm -hmm. Like... The English language, are are our letters, do they have power like that in a way? I mean, I I know it's different, but do they carry, like, their own energy as well? Well, I mean, think about in the alphabet. Definitely A and Z probably have, like, the most cultural, I would say, pull. Because Mm -hmm. A is the beginning and Z is the end, right? Yeah. Um, So, and just like in the Greek alphabet, alpha, omega. Um, so it has some of that, but I haven't really explored in depth, like, what is the, what's the energy of the letter B or mm-hmm. the letter L? I haven't looked into that because it just hasn't drawn me. I think, because uh, ours is from the Phoenician, like the letters that, that we originated from the Phoenician alphabet. So I guess the best way to be would be to look back at the Phoenicians and see, you know, kind of, and of course our alphabet's also changed a little bit too. Um, with the Romantic you know, kind of overlay over that, Germanic, English, you know, there's a lot of stuff that has happened over the centuries to it. But I would look, you know, I would start looking at like, oh, well, you know, was there a traditional symbol kind of association in that original culture? And then see, you know, but for someone, you know, I, I applaud anybody who wants to go through the 26 letters of our alphabet and journey on them. Mm. Um, <laughs> that will not be my next book. Uh, I was like, it's like, okay, he's written one book. Oh, look, he's done it again. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we often forget to record endings for these podcast episodes. And this is the end of part one of Thomas Moon <laughs> Eagle. Check back next week for part two. Thanks for listening, guys.